Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Hi everyone, welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I'm so excited for my next guest today, Michelle Zirkel, uh, because uh, from what I understand, she's got some crazy stories to share. So first, a little bit about Michelle. So Michelle Zirkel, who has her master's and PhD, is a published author, holistic healing practitioner, and life coach who leads healing meditation and advocates for self-empowerment in her podcast, Life Speaks. Dr. Zirkel, a regular contributor and editor of the Journal of Health and Human Experience, is best known for her inspirational personal stories of transformation, which are often steeped in humor, which I love because isn't that what myrony is? After 20 years of teaching English to high school students, she now teaches mindfulness to students of all ages. So let's go meet Michelle and hear all about the Myronies in her life. Hi, Michelle, and thank you so much for joining me on That's Myrony today. Thank you for having me. Our well, paths crossed for a reason, didn't, didn't That's it? exactly it. Our paths definitely crossed for a reason. We actually connected to so the listeners. Um, one of the things I love to do with That's Myrony is how did we connect? And, you know, the, the, the concept of myrony, the crazy coincidences that happen in life that we can't explain, but I also like to call them spiritual breadcrumbs, where sometimes it's a little tiny crumb, sometimes it, it's a really big sign, but if we start following it, then we open up doors and um, possibilities that we never knew could even be there. So we connected because of a cryptocurrency opportunity, total randomness, right? But then we had this conversation and I felt this immediate connection to you. And, you know, we, we started talking deeper and deeper on like a spiritual side. And it was just like, we're meant to have a deeper conversation. So that is why I'm so excited to have you as, uh, as the guest today. <laughs> well, thank you. And I felt that way about your voice. When I heard your voice, I recognized uh, that there was something there. There was a recognition that went beyond just the sound. Oh, wow. Well, I'm really excited to, to find, to, to understand maybe that because, you know, it's, it is that soul recognition. Um, but it seems like you've really dived very deep into that. So we're going to talk about that in a moment, but I also love telling, uh, having listeners say, you know, where are you calling in from today? I'm in Ohio. You're in Ohio. I'm mm -hmm. in San Jose, California. And so I love the fact that we're able to connect, you know, it, it seems like we're together, you know, virtual, I mean, this virtual way of connecting, but it's so wonderful how we can now have these connections. And um, 
And of course, that wouldn't have happened really if it wasn't for what's been going on, you know, with with COVID. And even though it's been a horrible thing with COVID, it also has brought us together in such a in 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 such a unique way. Would you agree? Oh yes, yes. And I wasn't as much online and doing the zooms and things until the COVID happened. I was teaching high school in Columbus, Ohio. But I will say I'm a small town girl. So uh, even though I live in Columbus and I recognize now that's actually a small city <laughs> compared to most of the places that I visit. But when you and I first connected, I was in California. So um, traveling a lot and, and you, it, it's irrelevant now almost unless you don't have service uh, where you live. And I love that. I love that about uh, what's going on with doors opening to uh, opportunities for everything from employment to these kids have so many more opportunities for how they want to address school, what it, what they want to do um, to, to get their schooling. And it, it's a great thing, even though it's challenging. And I, I do understand there's a lot of people that aren't doing well with that challenge, but regardless, it is, um, it, it is a necessary um, kind of rite of passage to get through the difficult stuff, to get to the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so you were, I, I see, uh, as I said in your bio, so for 20 years you were teaching. Are you still currently teaching? No, I am not. Not anymore. I'm uh, on unemployment, um, finishing up with that. And it's um, it's on to something different. I, I do enjoy teaching, but in a different way. So I, I like doing events uh, at Salt Caves, uh, do healing as I've gotten into. I'm sure you were going there with that, but, uh, I, I enjoyed teaching high school. I, I have enjoyed all the students and, and all the memories, but it is time for me to, to move on and do uh, a different sort of teaching with a different group of people. Right. So then you're now teaching mindfulness to students of all ages. That's what, so if you'd like to share more about that, what is it that you're, uh, in, in the space of mindfulness, what is it that you enjoy sharing with others? I just, I enjoy actually working with people one-on-one -on -one as well as in a group. So I was seeing clients at first when I first started um, working with uh, life coaching and life coaching clients. And I, I was doing Reiki healing, which is a form of energy healing. And uh, I enjoyed working with them one-on-one. -on -one, and then I realized I liked gr uh, groups just as much. So I would find venues that would have me come and do small groups like 10 to 20 um, a lot of the salt caves, which was a, a, maybe a different sort of place to, to think of going for getting healing, but um, it, it was very, um, the feedback was very good. And early on, that was important because when you're first starting anything new, especially when you're doing something that is not as tangible and, and as testable as a lot of things that people want to see uh, from doctors in writing that this actually works. Uh, you, you need that feedback and you need some encouragement. And the feedback that I was getting was, was wonderful. It helped me. And uh, then I, I started doing some writers events and, and getting into the pre presenting at writing conferences and not just specifically about writing, but like yesterday I had one, I got back from Arizona on Friday and Saturday, I had a writer's presentation I did on cleansing your creative chakra. So that goes beyond the scope of just writing and into uh, a world that can help people just not into specifically writing, but really in any area of your life to, to clear your chakras and know what that means and 
So I kind of branched out and I, I think I way more than answered just the question you had, but um, <laughs> um, that that's, that's where I'm going now with um, is I feel I keep getting, and this um, will tie into your broadcast. I keep getting that. Um, and it comes in the form of um, poems in the night or channelings as you would call them um, mm -hmm. that I am basically placing my hands on people and they're healed. So I'm getting that in many, many ways. Mm -hmm. And actually in um, the latest one was in a poem in the night. So um, I, I can share that with you. Definitely. Oh, I'd love to hear that. So I'd love to, before we get into like where we are right now as to what's happening, because um, uh, the, the spiritual gifts, I'm curious as a child, did you recognize them or as a teenager, were you one of those kids that connected? No. Okay. Not at all. I grew up Pentecostal. Um, I did see a lot of things. I saw people getting healed and, um, you know, throwing their crutches across the church, literally. Uh, I did grow up in that environment, but I did not realize that I had, um, as you say, the, these gifts. Um, the first time that I knew that there was something strange about, I guess you'd say our family, <laughs> because it does go on back on my mother's side. Um, my father had gotten custody of my sister and I, and we we're driving over to visit. He would take me to visit my mom's parents. Okay. Because they were still on good terms and we're on the road and my sister was in the back and she's three years younger than me. And by the way, she's also a teacher at, in Ohio. And she said something about we're, we're having hamburger tonight. And I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this with you, but um, of course, dad and I just thought, well, of course, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so she says, well, I, I asked or dad asked how she knew that. And she said, well, I just saw grandma at the store. Okay, now she has our attention <laughs> because we're driving down the road. Um, and so I honestly did not think anything about it other than, okay, that's weird. You, Pam, you're weird, you know? <laughs> and uh, and uh, true enough, um, I know my grandmother did go to the store often. She would run down there often. So it wouldn't have been unusual or bad guess, I guess, for someone to say we're having hamburger or but it's just the idea that she saw it and since right. then many, many visions. So um, that was the first indication they're looking back at something that I can remember because I would have been around uh, 14. And so she would have been 11. So that's something I can remember tangible that was said that didn't make any sense to me then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when did you start connecting to to your abilities because i i mean i do believe we all have the abilities it's just whether or not we tap into it but some of us just like people have abilities like you know yes i could draw a flower but you know i'm no painter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i might I, be I, I, you know I, more like a stick flower or something you know like <laughs> that's me too yes i can appreciate that it's just like you can teach people to write, but you can't teach people to be a writer. Exactly. Um, it, it takes passion and there's soul and there's there's other things involved that, again, are not tangible, that it's not grammatically something you can teach. Um, it was actually when I had the uh, strange events at my house in 1996. Okay. That, um, actually, I'm sorry, uh, 2006. Oh, 2006. Okay. 2006 is when I realized there was way more going on with me 
than I, than I knew was there. And it's because of, uh, some paranormal experiences that I had, mm. uh, I had lived in a house for eight years. My husband and I, my husband was a police officer, had two boys growing up doing the normal, um, birthday runs, ball games. And, um, our marriage was, we, we loved each other, but you know, as any marriage, there were issues. And I had gotten fed up one day and I, I, I prayed, I prayed probably the most earnest prayer that I've ever prayed in my life. And it was an angry prayer. And I'm not advising that. I'm just saying the anger was there. And I think God understands anger because uh-huh. it's an emotion. So I prayed this angry prayer and I said, you've, you've got to show me your real. Cause I don't believe it. I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do. I, I was really at what's in with what to do with my marriage. And uh, three days later, there was water that was um, in our house that was dripping at first on my older son's head. Uh, he was 12 years old. And then it escalated from there to spraying. And when I say spraying, I mean, literally like a water hose, like someone had stepped in your house with a water hose on jet, like you're going to spray your car off and it would spray across the room. And, but there was no water hose and you would look and there was no, nothing wrong with the wall. There was no water pipe busted. Um, and we were in a small town. We, we lived in um, a town that um, I won't disclose right now, but I, I will say I worked at uh, Point Pleasant High School. Um, the book that I wrote did not disclose names and locations, but of course that always gets out. Um, it was very well known in our community that we had something going on because I was teaching high school and I was having to run home and let for a few weeks, we, we tackled this um, a major event in our lives with, okay, we're going to get plumbers in, we're going to get contractors in and see what's going on. And we did that and it did not work. And I was I was actually on planning one day and I was praying. I turned to prayer. Um, you know, they say when you're, when you hit bottom, uh-huh. um, just like when an alcoholic, whatever hits bottom, that's like the best time for them to bounce back or not. Right. Um, that's, that's the telling sign. And for me, that was the moment. It was like, I, I had turned to prayer, which is what I grew up with. And I got, I heard a voice that was not my voice. And it was like an imprint of knowledge that was like longer than it would take to say it. So if you said something and it took say 10 seconds to say it, like it didn't take that 10 seconds. It was a voice, but it was just like someone had laid this information on my head and it said there, you are not in control. There is nothing you can do. And I don't think I'll ever forget those words because with that came a knowing that there was a spirit in my house. It had been two weeks. I had not even thought of there being anything in my house, except my God, we're going, you know, what's God trying to do now drive us crazy because this water was literally spraying and we dry it up and it would happen again. And we, we had 60 people through our house at this point, friends, family, um, coworkers, um, word got out. And so I'm standing there on my planning with this knowledge now that I have a spirit in my house mm-hmm. and I, just walked over to my desk and sat down and wow. Okay. Now I have to tell my husband who I wasn't sure how he was going to take it. We went to church together for years, but um, that just shows you the difference between spirituality and um, religion. Yes, absolutely. So what happened? um, What happened? Like how, how do, how were you able to deal with that spirit? At first I uh, started uh, praying, of course, to pray it out, um, not realizing the um, intricate web that had happened 
Um, there were attachments to my husband. There were attachments to me. Um, and then therefore through the kids, um, all of our bedrooms were upstairs. It was a kind of a traditional two-story, all the bedrooms upstairs in one bathroom. Okay. And you asked me um, when my gifts had started opening. So during this time, the gift, that first imprint of knowledge there when I was praying um, that I got that this isn't in your control, there's nothing you can do. That obviously was a gift, but I didn't see it as a gift. I just, I, I thought, okay, that's, God gave me an answer. Okay. That's the way I looked at it. The more, the stranger, more movie type things that went on was that um, my youngest son was seeing a lot of apparitions in the house, forms, shapes, um, lights in his room. He said his room was lit up like a Christmas tree. So I would go in and of course it caused a lot of <laughs> craziness because he was we're trying to go to sleep and everyone's mad and everyone's wanting to go to sleep. But I started praying, God, please let me see let me see what I need to see. If, if he's really seeing what he say he's seeing, and I, I had no reason to not believe him. It's just, I said, let me see that. And I started being able to see it. It was simple as praying for my eyes to be opened. And I walked in his room one night that he had yelled for me. And I got to recognize that mom. And we, we had our doors open and I walked in and his, his bed was facing the hallway which looked right into the bathroom and then over to our, our bedroom, my husband's and mine. So when I walked out, he saw me. And when I got in his room, he said, how'd you do that? And I said, how'd I do what? He said, you just walked right through him. <laughs> I said, I walked right through who, what, what are you talking? You know, so I, that's when it, it just, so many things from there, but just listening, not being afraid, even though, you know, and I, I can't say I was ever afraid and, and father, um, Heinz, who got involved in this, um, later on with, we had to have a house exorcism, but mm -hmm. when he got involved, he said, you know, I am so impressed that your, your boys are not, they're, they're not afraid. Now, Jacob was afraid to go to sleep, but we, we kept it together with prayer. Um, my oldest son now is police officer. And he was like, he was never scared. He was 12 and we would hear things. We would see things and went by things. I mean, um, scary things. You know, my, my youngest was seeing heartbeats on the wall and eyeballs floating around and, Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. And, and the one night that I walked in through that apparition, there was actually a light on his wall and it was, um, probably the diameter of, um, I'd say it would fit on an eight by 10 piece of paper, a typical piece of paper. And it was like glowing. His bedroom was in the back of the house. There were no lights. The, everything was pulled the two windows that he had, there was no outside light coming in that created that. I have to say I took a moment because I wanted to show him I wasn't scared, but at the same time, I, I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. You know, I'd seen right. all these movies. So I, I just said a prayer and I said, Jake, we're going to pray. And I put my hand up to the wall and I did, I literally was thinking, is my hand going to go through this wall or what? Um, it didn't. And the light actually faded. So, um, that was a, just a, Maybe a wow. longer explanation, but there were so many things that happened to us in, in that house. How long did that go on for? Um, from start to finish, from the first drop of water, um, two weeks later, I had the, the revelation that there was a spirit in the house. And from that point, it took um, a couple, actually probably about four weeks because I did call a local father who had had some experience with some house exorcisms. Uh, he had to get permission from the diocese. We were not Catholic. 
Uh, we lived in West Virginia. He was in Ohio, even though it was right across the river. So there were a lot of factors. I didn't realize that God placed this man in our lives because um, I've done book signing since with the, the name of the books, Rain No Evil. And um, I've had people come up to me and say, I don't know how you got uh, a priest to do that when you weren't Catholic, because we couldn't do it. And this was literally right here in Columbus. And it was only, a, I was doing book signings four years ago on this book. And wow. so that's how recent. Um, and they said, we couldn't get him. And I said, I didn't have any problem at all. He came over, he did some house blessings thinking that was going to help. Um, it did help a little, it was less often, but he did end up having to come back with the, the body of Christ. He came back with that, you know, the wafer, the holy wafer. And um, then we did not partake of it, but he brought it with him. He said, um, he just said the archangel uh, prayer uh, during the exorcism, as is indicated in the, the exorcism for the house. Um, and then he ended up having to come back later and do the outside of the house because we had not thought to do the perimeter and the buildings, uh -huh. um, which that came into play because then we started having tires busted in our locked garages with a stick with a, um, well, a police car in the oh, <laughs> wow. police car. Yes. In the driveway. So um, that had to come back and, and get done. So it took a while to get um, everything completely um, squared away, but from start to finish, it was a, probably a year of a lot of different um, sightings and feelings and openings up. Of um, and I did, um, I did encourage the kids to keep their gifts opened, um, and, and that is something I think that um, as parents or as or as people that are older and, and mentoring or advising anyone that's coming up, especially in the world today, because the realms are so much thinner and there's so much more coming through, and these kids are coming in with the stuff that I was getting when I'm in my forties, um, I probably could have had when I was younger, if right. it had been my, my script to do that, but, um, I'm sure it was there, but it just wasn't the right time. You know, there's a timing to all of this. So, uh, I think it's important for us to encourage kids to, um, not be scared and step into the power that they came here with. And yeah. I have helped a few, um, especially teenagers and, and 14s and up that, see so much and they're right on that verge of turning things off the age I used to be around seven um that, that the kids would turn it off and uh -huh. uh, my youngest was seven when this was happening um and my oldest was um was 10 so now they're coming in with these gifts so much earlier and, and we need to make sure that they um, feel empowered uh, not to, not to be crazy and call things in I don't mean to not be scared that way there are things to to definitely be leery of but at the same time to not walk in fear, to walk in grace and strength and know that you have power behind you. Wow. I had no idea when we've talked, you know, privately that that was going on and your book rain, no evil. Okay. Next book I need to read. That sounds amazing. Um, it was funny before you even said about you having to get the, uh, an, an exorcism on the house. There's a really powerful book just for the listeners who want to share called Sister of Darkness. It was the Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist. Have you ever heard of this book? No, it was it was introduced to me. It's this woman who she is non-denominational. So she brings in whatever she needs to bring in and she has a real gift. But it was one of the most interesting books of understanding how these entities can can attach and the different levels and just a fascinating book, but you know, it's like the, the, the thing that I um, want to sh also share with the listeners is that, you know, there's things we can't explain. We can't explain it, but we know it happened. Right. 
And so it's, it's funny because Michelle, I had a similar experience, but my own personal experience, well, a couple similar experiences. I, I experienced um, having this feeling of, um, of a spirit in, a, in an old apartment. And I always felt this coldness uh, in this one area. And this was when I had discovered that I had mediumship abilities. And I, I believe I helped release whatever this, this, whatever this was like pipes were rattling. And, and it was just, it was crazy. Couldn't explain it. Right. Well, what was even, what was even crazier for me, I've never shared this publicly. So you get to your episode gets to be <laughs> the first one to share this crazy piece of the, the story behind Myrony is that, um, you know, I had just asked you to listen to um, this, this, my my spiritual episodes. I've never told my full spiritual story on that's my irony. So the the so your episode is episode sixty. So it was fifty seven, fifty eight, fifty nine. I share this story of like how these things happen. So like when you were talking about the downloads, you know, I felt a very similar thing. Well, one of the weirdest things is um, I had shared about where these um, channeled messages came from through this, uh, through a, a friend of mine who I connected with. And I had just received like a massive amount of downloads. And I was visiting uh, friends down in Southern California. I came back, I'm in San Jose. I came back and literally, I don't know what happened. I had bites all over me. And and then I found it and it was a, it was a little, it was a little bed bug. And so I had dealt with these um, back in uh, on the East coast. I had dealt with, I, I know how bad these things can be, right? These were not real bed. They were real, but they were almost like manifestations in a, in a weird way. They never went anywhere outside of my room. No one in the house that I lived with ever saw them. The bites would happen. I have pictures of this. The bites literally would happen at night, but be gone by the morning. And I, I, I can understand that. I have uh, had some neighbors last year. I just moved from Portsmouth up here and uh, not to interrupt you, but they were seeing, um, they were seeing the bugs, insects. They were always an insect, like a spider or something like that. It wasn't ever like a turtle or a, you know, it was always an insect and not everyone would see it. Only the two, they were very, very um, intuitive and open. Um, the girl uh, that would see them off most often was 20. And there was one that was 24 uh, that lived in the house. So I, I do appreciate what you're saying. And my nephew also had that same experience. Um, I can tell you about that when you're finished. Oh yeah. Because I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be telling the story about these crazy. I mean, I call them demonic bed bugs because they were, they were not, <laughs> They were not good little creatures. They literally oh, were sucking my. my blood and I had welts on me. And I mean, there's some, there's some funny stories around it, but it was funny once I realized that they weren't real through the power. Cause I was literally just praying, 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 like something protect me. Cause I'm literally getting eaten. I didn't want to go to sleep because, you know, I never knew what was going to happen. And it was so it was, it started September of 2016 was when I had the first bite and I was being attacked for like months. And then, um, my, uh, kind of like how you, you, you heard God. So, uh, my friend would, would hear messages and we were told they're just manifestations, you know, it's, it's, to, it's meant to distract you. And so when I was like, okay, these are really not 
real, but they are real. <laughs> like I actually, you know, a few of them I caught, I caught and I don't want to, you know, yeah, I crushed them, you know, <laughs> they, so they were not just seeing them or, uh, but, um, but what was so interesting is that they, I, I, I thought I had beaten them. And then one, like it was June of 2017, I saw them again. And this time the bite wasn't nearly as bad. And, and then I was like, you're not real. And from that moment on, they were gone. I've never, and, and so the fact that you said, you know, people, I've never heard anybody who's had that experience. Mm-hmm. From- I know several. Uh, yeah. And like you, what you just explained how you, you said, okay, you're not real. That's exactly what uh, people do that don't want to deal with their gifts sometimes. Um, and, and the kids often do that because it's scary. I mean, when we first had um, moved in the house, my youngest son said that there was a witch that flew through his room. Well, of course, I think, well, he's watched something, you know, um, that was a typical kid thing to see, you know, the monster in the closet, you know, the proverbial monster in the closet or the boogeyman under the bed. And so that was um, what you said, though, was that turning off of of that gift, whether uh, and of course, in your case, that wasn't a gift that you wanted to keep. You didn't want to keep seeing it because you had manifested something and you didn't turn off your gift of knowing you just said, I'm not, I'm not going to allow you in my reality. I'm not dealing in your world. And that is a, a healthy way because you knew what you were doing. Um, but some people do that, that don't realize, you know, they're really turning off like the whole spectrum of that opening that they, they want to keep. It's just like anything else. You know, there's a certain amount of water you need when you turn on the faucet. Um, you turn it on and if you blast it, you were you going to get soaked. You may not want all of that water, uh-huh. but you also don't need a dribble. It's not going to keep you alive. So finding that right balance between um, what to let in, what to filter through um, is important. And, and it sounds like you've done a lot of learning on that. Well, yeah. And it's, a, and like you're saying, um, it's almost what you want to allow to come in. Um, you know, when you know, it's of a negative energy, it's like, how do you, how do you block that? Because when I first discovered my mediumship abilities, um, the reason I had connected was my father had passed and I found a way to connect with him. But then I realized that there were like, I had connected to other things. I I will remember this one thing. It was in the same apartment that I feel like I released whatever it was uh, a while later. And and what was really crazy about that was I had a friend who had very strong mediumship ability. She literally was, oh God, what was the, a very famous, uh, maybe it was even like on like the level of like poltergeist. Like she was able to go to, it was a tour house down in the South so it must not have been poltergeist, but something along that level. If if we knew the story, if if I mentioned the story, you would know exactly which one it was. Mm-hmm. But she went to this house and she knew exactly what had happened there. So she came into my apartment and she she confirmed. She's like, yeah, you definitely have something here. And but this uh, and of course my 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 cats were super sensitive to it or whatever. And, and it was it was uh, I mean I'll never forget that one area was like the coldest area ever. But when yeah. I started connecting to my, my dad, other things were coming in. And I remember like literally hiding underneath my, uh, the covers of my bed one night, just, oh, you know, praying, whatever, just like, actually I wasn't praying at that point because I had turned so, um, in my story I've shared where I've been very spiritual, but I had turned against prayer and things like that 
because I had connected that to religion. And that was my, right. I realized that that was, you know, my own personal error. And now I have a very strong connection to God and more of the Bible, but I don't just accept it. I just accept that I open, you know, I believe it's so much more than yeah. Well, just we that. both grew up Christian. And so, I mean, I definitely grew up in a Christian household. So yeah, um, I was brought up Catholic. So, yeah, and to go from that to Catholic, um, it's on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum in many ways, but I found that the, um, a lot of the churches in the middle that I've been through, um, Methodist, um, Baptist, uh, everything in between. Okay. Um, church of Christ, those folks in the middle, um, if you go back to Catholic to say Catholics are first, although we know that's not completely accurate, but as far as in a Christian world, and then um, down to apostolic, which is the Pentecostal, uh-huh. it was so far from each other on the spectrum. But yet I had Pentecostal folks that I used to go to church with that were coming up to me in the grocery store saying, hey, I'll come, I'll come to your house. I'll come and I'll, I'll we'll pray that out in Jesus name. And um, I had, of course, I turned to the priest um, just because I, I, I was led there um, and it was a wonderful experience. I'm no longer Catholic. But I did go through that whole process, went through the RCIA because of our experience, but I did turn to him. But the folks in the middle, um, our pastor that we went to, to, who had married us, um, wonderful person, wonderful pastor, but did not have the tools and, and, and actually was brave enough to say that Um, I, he said, you know, he actually is the one who referred me to the priest. Oh, Um, they had a, they had an association where all the preachers would get together in that area. And, uh, he referred me there and it felt right to me. And I had someone else, I got the confirmations. So uh, that's when, you know, you listen to the signs and I was getting confirmations to go to this, this priest who I didn't know and, uh, who did end up coming in and basically saving the day. And, um, the whole experience changed my life. You, you mentioned several things, um, First of all, the, uh, I had, we did have a dog and he did act very strange uh, in, when he was in the house. He wasn't in the house all, often, but when he came in, he did act strange. So I, I wanted to um, verify that with you that, yes, that definitely happens with animals pick up a lot. And as far as going into uh, what happened with me, uh, personally, I did go to an energy healer and I was led to her a year before this happened. Ah. I went went to a specialist to have my, my hormones regulated. And, um, I had a lot of female problems and the lady there who was a doctor, a female, um, wellness coach, who was also, um, an audiologist. She referred me to a lady in Charleston, West Virginia. Her name is Jeannie short. And at the time I did not know anything about Jeannie and I put it off because I was too scared. I was very scared and hesitant to go anywhere because of my upbringing. You don't bring things in. And just like what you're saying, because you do, when you open the portal, movies, drugs, uh, music, they are all portals. And we are walking potential portals, all of us, depending on what what you bring in and, and you, you know, it comes in, it's going to come in through here. This is where you're opening it. Of course, any of your chakras can pick it up, but I knew nothing of that at this time. So I, I did eventually after um, this started in the house during, during it going on in the house that year, I did call, I dug up the number. I called this lady named Jeannie. I wanted to get by with just one appointment um, to get in the door. And um, she was wanting me to come in for what's called a reconnection. 
and Dr. Eric Pearl does. You can look that up um, if anyone's interested. Um, she had been trained with that and many, many other folks. But um, I did go in. I, I lived about an hour and a half away from her at the time. And uh, she said, well, I could come in for two days uh, in a row instead of three days in a row if that would help and do an hour and a half per day. And I said, okay. So I went in and I did up, end up having a seizure on her table. Um, oh, they wow. had, had to cancel her appointments for the afternoon. And um, I, everything changed. Everything changed after that. I had a relief that I, I needed to talk to my husband about some things. And it was just like, I'm just going to talk to him. It's like, oh. it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. You know, it was just that, oh, you know, I'm just going to be real. You know, I'm just going to be real. Um, the, um, events at the house were, were something that he wasn't very comfortable talking about. And he had gotten to the point where he'd say, okay, Michelle, I'll tell you, you know, cause he, he wanted people to know it was a miraculous, amazing story to be liberated from this energy that was in the house. Right. But I realize now it wasn't just because something bad came in on us. Um, we, we had allowed things in and we had attracted things into our energy field. It's like sticky tape, you know, it's, it's like that. It's like sticky tape and you you know, your desk looks clean until you take tape and stick on there. And when you pull that tape off, you're going to see a lot. And I, I know I'm making a lot of analogies. It's just, I, I used to teach and I'm always I'm trying to make it. They're great analogies. There's they're amazing. Love them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I just try to make it a little uh, visual at least for people to be able to see that, that you might not see your energy field, but it is there and it's working over time for you sometimes. And uh, but that sticky tape does have, there's dust on it. Okay. It may not look, that dust may be totally perfectly clean. It's just like, you know, your glass, when you get your, that glass to put on your cell phone, you know, mm -hmm. it looks like everything's fine, but you, if you don't get that clean, it will show up. Um, right. So all the imperfections do show and we all have them, but um, it's just about learning going on from where you're at. Um, I started grabbing everything I could find when the, that experience was going on with me. Um, I started remembering, oh, when I was little, I remember seeing the dots and the maze in the dark in my room when I was little living, you know, living on front street. Um, and so then I realized I did see what I used to see what my youngest son saw. I used to see yeah. what Jacob saw. Um, I just didn't remember it. So that's where, you know, you asked me earlier in the show, what's your earliest memories? And I did remember then later, it, it sparked that memory. So I would go to the library and I would get everything. Like my first book that I read that was any one, one was called angels on assignment. Um, Ronald Buck, I think is his, his the author's name. Um, oh. I was like, wow, like people are experiencing this. I mean, I'd heard him. I, of course I believed in miracles and I would hear them and uh, I'm sure I was experiencing them every day and just not recognizing that, that magic in my life. But I, I did go to the library one day and I wasn't sure what I was going for, but that was always the section I would go to. Anything that had to do with life after death, heaven and, and hell and 23 minutes in hell. And then the little boy who goes to heaven and all of these, I was in that section. Well, that was also the self-help section. And uh, so you had Joyce Meyer and some, some folks I, I really like to listen to. And down on the bottom shelf, there was a book called The Verbally Abusive Man, really thick spine. And I was called to pick it up. Because some of the issues that we had was, was the verbal abuse. Um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't even know that's what it was. Okay. Until I picked this book up. Well, I'm not wanting to walk out with it because obviously people there know me. And I thought, well, I'm, I started to walk away and um, I actually 
I, I went back and got it and I, I got a chance years, years ago to uh, reach out to the author of that book. Uh, her name's Patricia Evans mm-hmm. and uh, she's a best-selling author. And I, I called her, this was years after, this was actually about four years ago. I called her shortly after my book came out, after Rain No Evil came out. And I wanted to just thank her and I found her number online and it, she said, it said, call me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. This is one of those myronies. That's a my, yes. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'm just going to call this. I'm standing out uh, on my, my older son's uh, back porch and this, okay, I'm going to try it. This lady's a best-selling author. She's yeah. Surely this isn't really her phone number. She answered the phone. Oh, and I said, I, I just want to thank you because your book absolutely opened my eyes literally. And she said, tell me, she talked to me for an hour and I got to tell her it literally did because I smuggled the book home that night. I got it upstairs. I started reading I never read a self-help book in my life. And my husband was downstairs. And as I'm reading, I got on the third chapter. I'm, I'm in tears at that point. And like, you're talking about light bulbs. I'm like, I never felt like a victim. That wasn't even a word I would ever have applied to myself. I've always been outgoing. I have, my dad was a police officer, you know, I, I just always felt in this, I guess, protected bubble and I uh-huh. never felt like a victim. And it was a good thing in that case, in that instance, it was good for me to feel like a victim. I, I don't think in general, it's good for us to feel victimized, but in that case, for me to have that revelation that, oh my gosh, this is why, this is what's going on. This is why he's doing that. This is why I'm doing this. And it opened up a whole new world to me. And that really was the straw for me. That, that was the straw to get me um, on a better path. Uh, it wasn't just totally the end of a relationship, like, okay, that this is it. It wasn't like that at all. Um, it, it took some time and working through to see what was going to happen. Um, so there were a lot of possibilities from that point on. The only possibility I knew that wasn't going to happen anymore was I was not going to let that happen anymore. So that's where the magic happened is the change in me that manifested to um, working with Jeannie, um, learning more about energy work. What does this mean? And um, how can I help myself? And everything in my life changed. And that's why I wrote the book. Not because I had, I I know I've heard so many stories from students over the years, including people like yourself and um, many interviews that there are so many crazy stories out there. And they're so crazy. You can't even say they're crazy anymore because crazy is the new norm. Yeah. Um, so, so that's even inaccurate, but I don't have a crazier story than anyone else. I just will say that my story had a huge impact on my life mm-hmm. because I allowed it to, and yes. I did so much substantially change. I'm on the other side of the table. Now I'm helping other people. They're calling me to, to come and, and help clear their house. And, and what does this portal mean? And, um, and what can you do? And I help where I can. And I, I noticed it back when, um, when I need to step back and, and there's times that I've, I've done that. So that that's that discernment that comes when you are in that holy space inside yourself that, um, protects everything sacred, everything. Oh, I love that. You know, it's, it's that whole, I mean, my, uh, the, the life-changing book, I share this all the time where the books by Dr. Brian Weiss, many lives, many masters, um, through time into healing, which really explains uh, where even abuse can come from. And, you know, it, it, it's more the fact of like our, our souls, you know, our souls are whole and complete and, you know, but that we somehow choose it all. We choose to go through these lessons. We choose to, you know, follow these paths, you know, whether 
it's uh, in some cases, you know, so many people are like, oh, I can't believe I was with that person. But it's like, but you wouldn't have your kids if you weren't with that person. Because if you think that those would be your kids, mm-hmm. if you were with somebody else, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you said that because I grew up on the Ohio side of the, of the Ohio River. Okay. My husband at that time that I've been talking about, that's um, that I was, I was married to for 22 years. We were high school sweethearts and had two boys together. Okay. He actually grew up on the other side in West Virginia in a town right across. And I would go out. I remember going out and my mom remembers me going out on our house on front street. And I would point over and I would say, my boyfriend lives over there. And I was always talking to him. Now, I, I wasn't calling him by the name that he really was, but there's another irony for you because I would say my boyfriend lives and I was pointing at the exact hill where he lived from first. Wow. Time. We ended up living right across the street. The house that I was talking about in, that's involved in the story that is in that same look. I mean, I could look across and see the house I grew up in across the river. And the way we actually met in real life is that my dad, married his aunt. And when my dad started dating his aunt, we got introduced and we started dating from that moment on in ninth grade. And we got married after college. Okay. Now that is crazy. (laughs) Wow. So, um, and my dad grew up in that same town, you know, uh, in West Virginia, across the river that we, and he actually just moved back there last month. So all this is kind of coming around, um, but he, he had lived uh, near Charleston, West Virginia for 40 years now, since I was in high school. And he just moved back to, um, to Mason County, to the area. Um, it's Mothman country. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. so, well, was high school where I taught was, was, uh, you know, where the, the famous Mothman stories, Richard Gere, and of course the Mothman prophecies, um, book, um, that that's out and been out for years. Um, but, and an author was escaping me and, and that's odd. Um, but I know, you know, who I'm talking about, um, that wrote the Mothman prophecies, uh, John Keel. Thank you. Um, and I was thinking, <laughs> thinking my help up above. So, right. Right. I know, I know you knew that, but, uh, um, but I, I did think that was interesting that the, um, there's so many, um, so many, like you said, indications along the way. I mean, why was I seven years old saying my boyfriend lived over there? I mean, why, why that? Because that connection was already there. I don't regret anything. And, um, um, he's a wonderful person and it just was not, um, it wasn't any more life enhancing for me at that time, uh, to stay with him. So I did, um, we did get, you know, we split we, we got divorced, um, and on, we're on very good terms, um, right now. So everything's okay. You know, um, we, we have two, two good kids and we have a wonderful family. And I'm thankful for all of it. And I don't, I don't regret um, any of it. I'm yeah. thankful for all of it. Um, I did have a, a couple more. Um, well, one more main thing is that I did get remarried after that. And, and I uh, know you're with one of your, one of your, with your, your good God. soulmate. Yes. 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 I, I am with someone who, um, this is, this is interesting. Um, I'd gotten divorced and moved out and was living my, you know, in my own house and it was a cold winter. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get online. I'd never been online dating. I joined Christian Mingle and there was a couple of people I was talking to. And about three weeks later, um, there was one particular person that I, he even had sunglasses on. So I couldn't see his eyes. And that's unusual that I'd pick someone 
like that, but I still felt the connection. And I stood and I prayed over his picture. I didn't pray over anyone else's picture, but I, I, I liked what we were talking about. And it, the talk wasn't very often either. So um, it wasn't like this deep, intense talk. It's just, there, there was something there. So I prayed over the picture and I said, angels, if, if we're supposed to meet, you're going to have to arrange it. Cause he's way too busy for me. He was flying all over the country. He's very busy <laughs> and working. <laughs> and, I, and so the next week I get a call and he asked me to dinner, which is right up the road from where I was living. I was in Athens, Ohio, and his mother lived in Logan. And uh, so we got to meet and thought what's interesting is his, his boys uh, who um, they have their own commonalities. Um, one of his boys' birthdays on the same birthday as my youngest son, and my and his oldest son is on the same day as my sister's birthday. Oh and wow! They had put him on Christian Mingle, so he wasn't like all you know the one. But uh, I, nevertheless, he was on there, and we did make the connection. And at that point, he he said he agreed to meet with me because my voice sounded so familiar. He insisted that we had to have went to high school together or something. And uh, that's why I said your voice to me. Um, I got chills. Um, it resonated. Um, we had our, um, we went to our honeymoon in Ireland and we remembered lifetimes there together. So it all connects. We've, we've, we've been together so many times that um, that, that soul recognition, recognition can be, it can be voice. It, it can be a picture. It can, it can be a, a smell. It can be anything, really um, anything that, that allows your DNA to remember that experience in that other time. Have you, have you read only love is real by Dr. Brian Weiss? No, I have not. Oh, you have got <laughs> to, right you got to read that book. It was, it is the most powerful book of understanding the different levels of soulmates that we have. It okay. explains even, you know, your relationship with your ex-husband to your relationship with your, you know, your current husband, you know, like we, um, you know, we, we choose these different paths for very specific reasons and I'm being guided and I hope this is okay, but because we were really talking about abuse, I was I'm verbal abuse, but I'm being guided to share, share one of the channeled messages that was about abuse. Is that okay? Is it okay sure. if I, if I sure. share that? And so for the listeners, I did not channel these messages. If anybody wants to hear where those messages came from, you can listen, um, uh, to, well, it's episode 57, 58, and 59 tell my, my spiritual story. But these messages came from another woman who, um, uh, for an entire year, she channeled these very profound messages. But I'm the one that's guided to share the messages. So when I work with people, this is what I do. I get these intuitive pulls, and I'm really being guided to share this one that was about abuse. So this actually came out on January 16th of 2017. And it says, abuse is conceived by individual perception and awareness. One spirit cannot determine what constitutes abuse for another spirit. Abuse that is accepted and emotionally integrated by a weak spirit is sometimes met with stubborn, resistant and forceful action by a stronger, more progressed spirit. Abuse suffered by a progressed spirit drives them to fight and become stronger by sheer will. The strong spirit refuses to accept the negativity of shame, anger, and guilt imposed on them by the abuser. The weak spirit is trapped in fear, disbelief, and denial. Their solution is acceptance and compliance. Confusion results and anxiety, powerlessness, and guilt are assumed by the abused. Without finding clarity and resolve, 
to rise above the abuse and the abuser. The abuse turns the negative emotions inward against themselves. The weak spirit lives with chronic pain and distress. The embedded negative emotions become part of them and ultimately ignored. The unresolved emotional damage is managed with drugs, alcohol, sex, cutting, and other compulsive destructive behaviors. The weak spirit believes these coping mechanisms are logical within the context of their experience, trauma, and abuse. The intensity of their feelings and compulsions is only released through awareness and absolution of the self. The strong spirit refuses to accept the negative message of being bad, worthless, and the instigator of the abuse. Higher spiritual awareness seeks logical explanation, interpretation, and resolute action. The stronger spirit must guide the weaker spirit. That's beautiful. So, yeah, I was just being guided to put that message in because, you know, it's the whole thing is that people who are even abusive, they don't have the awareness of why they're even doing Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely not. And, and it was never a physical abuse. Um, it was always verbal. verbal. And I, I just hadn't put that term with it and putting that term with it. Um, if you're going to accept that that is the term, as I did that night, reading the book, the verbally abusive man, I had to also accept the term that would apply to me, which would be victim. And uh, like I said, I, that was not something that I, I reveled in um, knowing that um, that I had been, I had put myself in that place. I did know it wasn't good, but uh, I hadn't put those words to it. And a lot of times, you know, you hear, take the words off, you know, um, don't put labels on things, you know, because it confines you. And there is much to be said for that. And I, I, there's many, many times I'd say 95% of the time, that's probably what you do want to do. But again, in this case, you know, every case is different and I needed that label and I needed that knowledge um, and I needed to read that book and hear what she had to say. She's an expert in that. And um, I've, I've read several of her books extensively and was, was able to interview her on my podcast. And I was very thankful um, that she was able to, she was actually writing a book at the time and working on um, writing one specifically for, for children um, who had experienced it because, you know, the boys were old enough in the house to see, and, and that does set the pattern for them. How are they going to treat their, their women? How are they treating in general um, women? Um, how are they treating really anyone? Um, because it doesn't, it is not just a man woman thing. Um, although usually the man is the verbal abuser. There are times that it's switched. Um, and I think she's got a special book out for that when that happens, because there are men who definitely are, are abused by women mm-hmm. um, verbally. Um, so, I found that since you shared that, um, uh, I don't know if there's anything else that we wanted to say about the abuse, but I, I thank you for bringing that out. Um, I think it was a shock when I wrote um, Rain No Evil because um, it was such a personal book to me. And this is one of the things I was talking about yesterday on my presentation to my writers group is sometimes I was teaching them how to, to detach because this had happened actually in reality in 2006. Mm-hmm. We became members of the Catholic church in 2007. It wasn't until 2015 that my book came out. So I started writing it um, like in 2013. Uh-huh. So it took me a few years. I was teaching high school full time. I had a divorce in the meantime. And so it, it, with that um, time frame, everything is, um, it's just, 
uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, with uh, so so you're saying it it wasn't like you found these solutions. It, it's been it was a while before you were able to find the solutions. Is that what you're trying to 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 lead into with that thought? Because you're like one of the things I wanted to point out to the listeners is that okay, so you had this crazy experience that happened, this paranormal experience that then kind of opened a door that then you're 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 you're, you're you're discovering things about yourself and also these other realms that, you know, when we can't explain it, but it happens to us, the biggest thing is we can't deny it. And the power of our voice and what we can share about that, because if we've experienced it, chances are somebody else has experienced it, right? But then I love the fact that you found this book, you were guided to this book that yes. then was that answered so many of your questions. But the thing that I love when I want the listeners is that you had an intuitive pull or you heard a message or something. It was like, you need to get this book. And thank you. That, that two things now, I remember where, where I was going with that. The first thing is that the period of time, the, the 10 years in between there, um, I did learn a lot and I, I did have to keep reading and looking for that book, but I was, I was talking to my writer's group yesterday and teaching them, they have to pull back. If you're going to write about something or you're going to share, um, you're going to share your story. You have to be able to detach from that. Um, and, and that was the struggle for me to learn. You know, I have to go in, if you're going to tell someone your story and really do it well and get into it, you have to be there all over again. You're reliving that whole experience, as you know. And so to detach from that takes a, a special talent and it, it's done many different ways, but I had to learn that. So that, and the, and the other thing is that when I did interview uh, Patricia Evans, she asked me if the book had actually came off the shelf. And I said, no, it didn't. But I said, I honestly felt like a string pulling me back there. It's like, you're not leaving. You pick me up. And I, again, I had no reason to really pick that book up at the time, not, not, oh, not in, you know, in the, obviously I was getting that subconsciously, but I didn't go in there to pick up a book on, on anything about abuse whatsoever. But when I did, and I, I knew I was supposed to get it, it was like, okay, I, I'm going to get it. I don't know where, again, I just like, this is silly. You know, honestly, that's what I thought. And that ended up being the absolute straw. That is the proverbial straw was her book. Yeah. Um, and everybody needs, has to have that straw. You have to get to the point where you're done. And I was more afraid at that point after I read it and had the contract at the back and all that, that we tried and didn't work, but I was more afraid to stay with him. And I saw myself there when I was 80 and, and wondering why I was more afraid to do that than I was to leave and step out on my own, completely on my own. And and just live and be by myself if that's what it needed, but just to have, just to have that. So that was, that was huge. And you have to get to that point where you're willing to do whatever it takes for your sanity. And it doesn't have to be about anybody else. I mean, you're not leaving for anybody else. You know, you're not, you know, it's not like that. It was not like that at all. Um, I did have, I find, I found um, my uh, channeled message that um, since you share your, yes. if, if I can, 
it's what's telling me what I'm going to do. And um, I, I don't, again, I don't know exactly how this happens or what, but I do get a lot of visions and things. Um, before I, I share this with you, I do want to say my mom was cleaning out some things at her house about four, about four or four, five years ago. And she came up across a piece of paper that she wrote in her handwriting. And it said, Michelle is ahead of me. She is going to be the run to write the book. Oh, wow. Yes. She still has that paper. It's not dated. She doesn't remember writing it. Um, it was in a pile of stuff in her desk that she didn't use. It was, it was my grandmother's stuff. Um, but th there's some cool things that, that I, I do want to share, but I'll, I'll go ahead and share this with you. Cause I think this is where, um, hopefully I'm going masses will come worry your head, not they are all victims, fear riddled and fraught from dreams of their making each his own stinging and gnawing deep within bone stitch a new trail most heartily sewn. Breathe wide open like eagle's wings be, wide and welcoming as the sea. Tears of joy spew forth like bread. There's your breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Rising and baking, good dreams instead. When, my darling, you command and place upon their heads your hand. Uh, and I, I you oh, know, growing wow. up hostel, that's what we did. They anointed your head with oil. And I, I don't know how, I mean, I'm not called to preach and not, that's not, I know that's not it. I just know that there's something about, um, going to these, um, like I said, these small events that I feel so such a calling to do. I, I really do. And I was never one. I mean, at school I was, the, I was in drama. I was the one in the back doing the makeup. I was not out on the stage. I, I had panic attacks, um, during that time, panic attacks were involved in all of this, um, because of the abuse, I tied it later together, but I had to start um, going places and talking in front of people. I've never done an interview like this. I would have never gone on TV shows that I've done. I've driven to New York to do some of those and, and local um, in West Virginia. I would have never, ever done some of the things I've done that has just forced me to step out of my box and um, address the fear head on. So I know what panic attacks are like, but I didn't know what they were when I was first having them. Um, so paying attention to, to all of these, um, things that are just in our path. I wasn't, when I was, when Gil came into my life so soon, I was like, there's no way. I mean, five, like five months in, I'm like, okay, like this is almost crazy. You know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I knew someday I'd be open to a, another relationship, a serious one, but I really didn't think that it was going to be that soon. Um, we did, we, we saw each other for a year and a half and then we got married and we went to, um, we were scheduled to go get married in Sedona the week after school let out. I was teaching still in West Virginia at the time. And uh, so I get a phone call from my mom and she's like hysterical. And I said, what, what's going on? She said, the clock's chiming, grandma's clock's chiming. So my grandmother's clock that was on, and it's not anything extraordinary. Okay. But it is, it is extraordinary, but it's, it's not expensive by any means. It's, it was a clock that set with a, like, a, I think it's even got plastic. I don't even think it's real glass over the like <laughs> globe and it's got the little times at the bottom and it was gold at the bottom, you know, and it sat on her, on her TV. Mm -hmm. That clock times at certain times. And my mom was calling me to say, 
Michelle, my gosh, the clock is chiming and, and it, it'll move and time. It never times. It, it never oh. does. I mean, it's, it, it stopped doing that years ago and it, it will only do it when it's a message for mom. So we oh, that's beautiful. Oh, mom I love started that. Praying and uh, yeah, mom started praying. And uh, like I said, this stuff comes through my mom, my mom's side, my sister, um, and my grandfather's mother um, would get calls to, to stop the bleeding and we'd have to pray the verse about bleeding Ezekiel 16, 6, 16, I think it is about, uh, the woman wasting not her own blood and people would call her to get the blood to stop. So that's not necessarily a foresight or an intuition, but it was still, that's the channel, um, of the inheritance of, of where this came from. But she's telling me that this clock is chiming. And she said, Michelle, do you know what day it is? It was exactly a day to the hour. It was 5.30 uh, Eastern time. And that was in exactly one week I was to get married. That was my last confirmation. And I said, oh. I, mean, I just started bawling because I'd had all these confirmations through the week. I kept asking. And um, I, was, um, I was doing a reading one night and I started hearing um, uh, the bridge over, tro over troubled waters. And mm -hmm. I was... I kept getting this, the bridge over troubled waters. And I was like, okay. And then the bridge shows up in, in this, the cards. And um, I looked up some of the verses that I had no idea that I didn't know the verses to these songs. You know, the chorus, we all know to a lot of songs, but the verses are different. Right. And one of them was sail on silver girl, your dreams are coming true. I looked it up and I didn't know that silver was a, um, an ore of, of I of iron, we were. I was moving to Galena. That's where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Galena is silver. It is move on, silver girl. Your dreams are coming true. I was like, I mean, it was just so obvious. It was just one thing after the other after the other. Going to the bank one day, um, running up to get something, having the, the a lady I knew from from church for years. She was the one who ran the bank. Motioned me back. She said, come back here. She, as we were talking, she was in tears. She knew I, you know, knew what was going on. And, and she had some things going on with her. She reached behind the desk. She pulled out and handed me, um, it, it was a little book and you opened up. I still have it. And it had a prayer palm. You've seen those, those the prayers that you, it's like a stone and you can lay it in your hand. And it's called a prayer stone. Oh yeah. You, you can grip it. Okay. I'm trying to put it there. You can grip it. Okay. And it had a heart on it, a red heart it was exactly the same design as what I had pulled out this little tiny thing out of my, out of my mailbox at school. It was clear back in the back of these little wooden mailboxes. Teacher gets all their papers in. No one else had one. I had just walked from, I had just, I was up there at noon at the bank and got this from the lady at the bank and it matched perfectly the design oh. that I'd pulled in out of the back. And I'd walked in the office. I said, are these for like, you know, teacher's day, we get candy or something. Uh, I said, are these from certain, because I'd looked in the other boxes and it was obvious no one else had it unless they'd already gotten <laughs> them. It would have been unusual. You know, some teacher, they, they're in there for weeks, you know, they said, well, we didn't, I, I don't know what that's for. It matched exactly. So all of these signs, you know, the clock chiming, um, everything. Well, matched. that's what you now know you can call <laughs> myronies because yeah. that's like, Oh, that's beautiful. I wanted I just, to, to bring that to conclusion for you with another kind of good crescendo of irony. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and that's the whole thing. Sometimes we get, you just got like a whole smattering of them, you know, like those confirmations. Mm -hmm. and, and, and honestly, to the listeners, it's like, 
you know, ask for them. There's another beautiful book called Signs, the Secret Language of the Universe by uh, psychic medium, uh, Laura Lynn Jackson. Do you know that book? Do you know that author? No, I don't. Oh, she's incredible. She's actually, her book, The Light Between Us is what um, I discovered. Uh, that's how I understood my gift of claircognizance, the gift of knowing, because I don't see things, clairvoyancy, where I see things that come is very, very few and far between. But my gift of knowing that's my mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. And, but I had never heard of it before. And she actually said how that was like one of her strongest ones. I was like, that's what I got. But then soon after um, I had actually already, I mean, basically that's science secret language of the universe. That's basically what I'm calling my ironies, right? So she's writing, she, this book is about to be released, but it's a beautiful book about how our loved ones that have passed have leaves us signs and, you know, like, we're being guided. We just mm-hmm. have to pay attention. We just have to tune into it. And if we tune into it, I love to say, you know, we, we see these external signs, but then we can get this internal, you know, pull and most people will not act on it. So you've just mm-hmm. shown so many times, Michelle, on how you acted on them. You know, you're, you, you, you didn't even realize you, you, you had these gifts or abilities, but then you just started paying attention to them. And then once we start paying attention to them, they just start opening up more and more and more, right? So it's not something, I mean, yes, it can run in our families. Like, you know, I I have the gift I can auto write. My mom had this gift also, um, which is, I I mean, I can't explain it. The pen basically even moves on its own. It's it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, but But I didn't know it wasn't until, you know, my mom discovered she could do it. And I was like, well, can I do it? And then I was able to tap into it. So it's like for, for listeners who are like, okay, you know, I want to be able to do that. You absolutely can. You just have to ask and just be like, you know, what is it that you're going, you know, what is it that you're connecting to? So some people hear it, some people see it, some people just know it and feel it in that way. Mm-hmm. you know, and, or they, they recognize a presence and it's just, just pay attention to it and see where it takes you. So I just love the stories you, you shared all the beautiful myronies, good and bad, you know, because if you're, if it seems that if that door hadn't, or if um, those, that paranormal experience hadn't happened. Yes. And I think that's where, um, I think that's where I manifested, um, the re- I re- manifested something that I needed. I needed to know that um, there was, and I always believed there was a higher power. Obviously, I wouldn't have been praying, right. but just just to experience, go through all that experience, and um, and I did ask. You know, I asked for for myself to be able to experience what I needed to, and for my gifts to be opened again. Um, so many things, and, and my sister during that time was having. Uh, we would have similar dreams. Um, and, and that was, uh, that was amazing in itself. I mean, I've heard since then of so many people like that will have the same dream that are, um, you know, even living in the same house, maybe even sleeping in the same bed. Um, but my sister was over at her own house and we, we both had a dream about, I happened to mention to her, I had a dream of all these words on the wall behind my bed and I couldn't read them. And I climbed up and our dreams are just very, um, very prophetic. If you can keep a dream journal, you will, there's something there on some level for you. I, I guarantee you. Um, but she had had that same dream. And I said, I picked up the phone and I heard this like growl and horrible voice on it. 
And she had done the same thing. And only she remembered the word. She said she had the same dream. They were behind my bed. The mm-hmm. same thing, picked up the phone, heard the same voice. And the only thing is she remembered what the word was because she could make out the word and it said monster. And oh. I, I didn't remember that. I, I couldn't remember that portion of it. But so many things like that too would happen. Um, she was what my first, I have to say my first, you're talking about the types of, um, I believe like you, the types of, um, of gifts that we have. Um, mine is the, is the knowing as well, the, the clear cognizance. Um, but the, the seeing has come up and it doesn't always make sense. Uh, it's kind of like inspiration. Carolyn May says, inspiration doesn't always make sense because you try to talk yourself out of it, but inspiration is what it is. Um, it's like, you have to take a leap of faith when you get it and bring it down through your chakras. Well, with this, when I, when I do get a vision, it doesn't always make sense to me. Um, but my sister was walking in the house. This was at the same house, same time period. Um, she, she was bringing in groceries and I saw that the orange juice fell out of the bag. And I just, I stopped because I'm standing in the kitchen. I can't even see the driveway. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I literally stepped to the door and like knowing, like going to stop it from falling. And there it goes. And she had, and I was like, oh my God, I just saw that. And right. Like, yeah. So it didn't, it was an irrelevant in a way sort of thing to happen. Sometimes we do get that. You get a flash of something and you don't know what it's for. And I find myself that the vision has come in a lot stronger through the years. A lot of times it's right before um, going to bed uh, when you're just drifting off because you're in a different um, wave. Uh, What is it? I forget the the order of the theta. I think it is the theta. I always have to remember that. Um, Yeah. I always think bat, be it beta, alpha, theta. So the one you're going into before the dream state is the one that will lead you, will give you that vision. And the same thing in the morning when you wake up or if you wake up in the night and that's the one you're in, that's the one where they come through because I've seen shelves on the wall that aren't there. I mean, numerous things that, that they're not there or sigils will come fly by and they're like, I'm literally like with my eyes open, fully aware. And there it is. So those type of things do open up. I think more, um, as, as everything opens up, you know, yeah. it does, it, you might not know what it means. I didn't know what it meant. There was a shelf on my wall, but it, it was, it didn't matter. It's just that sometimes uh, that you do get relevant ones. Like if you get a sigil or you get um, a flash of something that, that, that might happen, it could be beneficial to you to know. Well, I know um, uh, we're, we're, uh, it, we're, we're getting to a point where we want to wrap up, but the sigil, you're going to have to explain what a sigil is because not everybody knows that term. So can you please share what, what that is? Yeah. Sometimes people will say, do you mean a symbol? Um, a symbol is uh, simply a representative of something else. Um, but a sigil itself has uh, energy in it that um, relays uh, certain vibrations. Uh, and in my case, I deal with uh, what's called Belvospital healing and it is angel healing. So they are, they're sigils. That, that comes in through, uh, sometimes we get them directly, or sometimes the lady who trains us gets them and that we actually place that sigil uh, in a person's energy field when we're working with them. And the sigil is integrated. It's never imposed. It's just there. And if they want to accept it, they do. And so you become, um, it's similar to be, I, I will compare it to Reiki in the fact that it is energy healing, but it is completely different um, on its own, but we all become walking, um, 
walking, we are walking vibrations and we come, we become walking, um, fine tuning our vibrations as we go. When we allow ourselves to, to step out and do certain things like get in tune to Reiki, um, whether you ever use it on anyone else or not, it will change you and it will change your vibration. Um, the same with Belvospital, it will change you. You become a walking sigil. You become a walking powerhouse yourself because of what's coming through you. It, it's just, you become very humble in uh, just allowing things to channel through. That, that's what we are. That's what we're here for. Oh, wonderful. Well, you mentioned your podcast, Life Speaks. Um, I know on the, like on Apple podcasts, not all the podcast episodes are there. So where's the other place that people can, can listen yes. to your podcast? Okay. So my main hub is michellezirkle.com. Now that's for like my healing. Uh, that's for books. That's for, that goes to the podcast and everything. So my name's Michelle and it's, it is with one L and michellezirkle.com. Then I also have directly to the podcast is lifespeaks.org. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. That'll take them directly there. Well, Michelle, this has just been so incredible. The stories that you've shared, you know, the, the, my goal is to have myrony in everybody's vocabulary like selfie is, but to pe have people be able to share their myronies in addition to their selfies. I wish I could say instead of their selfies, but I know selfies <laughs> never going to go away. That's not going to go away. That's no. not going to go away. But if we can share, because, you know, you think about like the experiences that you've had and, and what if we could start sharing this and other people can connect to it too, you know, like, but, but just hearing the inspiration you know, the fact of like uh, you being able to connect to, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on her name, Patricia, um, the author, Evans. Patricia Evans. And it's funny because I was looking at your podcast and I saw the episode and I was like, mm -hmm. and, and I, it, that paid, I paid attention to Patricia Evans, the name. But, you know, the fact that you got pulled to read the book, you read the book, then you were like, how are you going to connect? So you just happen to call this number and you're talking to her and then you end up getting a chance to interview her. Exactly. It's, yes, it's, it's faith. It's stepping out in faith and not being afraid and not trying to plan every single moment in your day, letting go of the end result and, and trying to go with the flow, but, but at the same time, definitely listening. So you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm so thankful for the people who ahead of me were, were able to share their stories. And it was very encouraging to me to know I wasn't alone. That's why I would get everything I could uh, and read about other people's experiences and listen to podcasts such as yours, because I, I knew then that I wasn't alone. Well, and also, but um, irony, the definition, I really want people to understand synchronicity and motion. There's a, there's a sign, then there's an action. There's a sign, then there's an action. Mm -hmm. And because you, you know, you, you, you've showed that on so many levels with this, but this is just the beginning, right? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. What, what's so much more to come? So um, I just, I'm so grateful for our connection. I look forward to going deeper into these stories with you. And, you know, who knows, maybe at some point, um, my, the next thing I want to do is have my guests be like a guest co-host and then they bring on a friend and we do, we interview that way. So I don't know if that's something that would interest you. That Sure, um, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much, Michelle, for, um, uh, for sharing your stories and, um, and uh, I, I really look forward to seeing why we were brought together. Because I, gonna, I know. 
Yes. You have a heart of gold. I mean, it, it shines all around you. And I know you're doing this because you want to help people. And with the passion that you have for it, uh, you're going to run into the right people. You, you just are. And um, I, I'm glad that I'm, I'm so honored that I could be a part of, of, of your path and of um, being one of those people that was placed in your life. And it, it's an exciting, um, it's an exciting life when you live this way. Well, one thing is, um, you know, behind me, um, I got right here, Winky. That's how I represent God is love with an awesome sense of humor. So God is, God is everywhere in this sense. And I love when we can connect to God, but be connected on a, on a, on a deeper level than what we can even comprehend. Right. And so if we can start bringing that more and more to this world, this, this, level of awareness and, 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 and just the, the, the beauty and the magic. I mean, cause there is, it's, it, there's things we just can't explain, but it doesn't mean that it's not there and it's, you know, there aren't explanations. So we get to dive deeper and deeper with it. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you again, Michelle and to the listeners. I'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on that's my Rainy podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, If something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic. It's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.